Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Juhu Roadshow podcast. It is uh, Monday the 18th. We've uh, only got a week left until Christmas. Hope everybody is um, geared up and ready to go. Um, we are. We've. I gotta admit, we have had a whirlwind uh, past few weeks, uh, and then this last this last week has been very trying. But uh, Lance and I were, as you know, we were in the Bay Area a couple of weeks ago, and then we were in Los Angeles um, weekend before last, and then um, we're down in New Mexico now, uh, and then. The uh, the last week has been a very interesting week, and it's not you know it's it's a it's a it's a sad topic that I'm going to talk about for just a moment. But there's something very positive that's coming out of it that I want to share with you. But uh, you know, I grew up in the Four Corners area of New Mexico, which is you know where Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico all come together. We're up in that corner by the Four Corners, and uh, I went to Bloomfield High School. And just about seven miles north of Bloomfield is Aztec High School. And, you know, even though I went to Bloomfield, I had a lot of friends from Aztec. I ended up, uh, oh, about 10 years ago or so, wow, 15 already. Uh, I coached football at Aztec um, for three years. And um, I still have, like I have uh, some some younger cousins that go to school in Aztec every year they give a, a wrestling award away named after me at Aztec so I have a strong connection to Aztec and um, as some of you may or may not know um, about 10 days ago there was a uh, gentleman in his early 20s that pretended to be a student and snuck into the school as it was beginning um, and hid in a bathroom and um, when school started, a, a young gentleman by the name of Paco, uh, who was a student at Aztec, walked into the restroom, and that gentleman killed Paco and then went out into the hallway and killed another young lady named Casey uh, and then eventually killed himself, and it just rattled that community to the core, obviously, made national news, global news. My wife in South Africa actually saw the story on it, um, and it's just, I am so, I, I'm so saddened by what happened and the more I think about it you know I have a 17 year old son and a 14 year old daughter four-year-old daughter um just trying to put myself in their shoes the the families the parents even the kids I mean this you know the, the Paco just was just going to the restroom Casey was just walking down the hall and it's just so sad what what happened and you know stopping and thinking about it and then as we head into the Christmas season what those families must be going through uh, I just, it, my heart breaks. It really does. Um, so I feel horrible for what happened. But then at the same time, I'm so extremely proud of how that community ra- rallied together. And not just Aztec, but um, the surrounding communities. You know, you've got Bloomfield seven miles to the south. You've got Farmington about 10 miles to the west. You've got Kirtland about 20 miles to the west. Um, you've got two schools in Farmington, actually. Uh, and you know, in, in our part of the world, and I know a lot, a lot of other places, you know, we, you always have the big, the big letter on the hill overlooking the city. So, you know, Bloomfield's got a big B, Farmington's got a big F. Um, and it was really cool to see like Bloomfield painted their, um, their B orange, you know, Bloomfield's, uh, blue and blue and yellow are their school colors. Aztec is orange and black. 
So Bloomfield painted their B orange. Farmington, who is green and white, painted their F orange. Uh, you know, I saw basketball pictures where the the players are wearing orange socks. No matter what school in that area, they're 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 uh, showing support for what that community is going through. And I just think that's so cool. And you know, there's the people that are in charge of of the school and of the community there. Kirk Carpenter, who you know, just a great guy was, you know, thrust into the national spotlight. That's not something you wake up and, and prepare for, especially something so negative. So he um, he uh, just did a fantastic job stepping up. So I'm really proud of, of Coach Carpenter and just the whole community. So um, very proud of what they've done and, and, and also um, how residents rallied together. They had a big um, silent auction this weekend. Um a big fundraiser for the families to help them through the holiday season. Um, you know, I know a lot of people got involved in that. And so it was really cool to see how that went down and and uh, how successful it was. And I'm really proud of some of the people that are connected with me because we, I decided to take something very, very special to me and put that in the auction. Uh, it was an, a poster from my film, Absent. Um, that's signed by by myself and by James Hetfield of Metallica. And we put that in the auction, and um, I set a minimum. Now, granted, it's a silent auction. So I put that in the auction and set a minimum, and um, the minimum was eventually met and then outbid. And as the bids continued to grow, I decided the best thing to do was to uh, take that money and split it in half and create a scholarship for um, the local college there, San Juan College, one for a boy, one for a girl, in honor of Paco and Casey. And then the winning, the winning bidder got the, is going to have their name on the on the scholarship as the donor, along with myself and James. And so, you know, just so surprised at at how generous people were with that, and the fact that we're going to be able to help get a student or two students, one boy and one girl help them with getting a college education. And, and my thinking on that was that, you know, Paco and Casey can't go, they can't go forward in their life and experience college and, and do those kinds of things. But by creating a scholarship, then another student can and can take their memory with them. So in a sense, Paco and Casey get to experience that and get to be a part of, get to be a part of that. Um, you know, in a, in a sense, even though they don't get to do it here on earth, they get to do it in a spiritual sense and be with that person as they walk through that that college education. And I just think that's I just think that's so cool, and I'm really appreciative uh, of the people that stepped up and bid on that. So it was a it was a it's been a, a an odd ten days or so, but uh, I just am, I'm very proud of how everybody has handled that, and I'm excited for what we were able to do to help as well. Um, also, something I'm excited about, while I'm down here in New Mexico, uh, I'm doing a few podcasts uh, along for, for the Monday show uh, with some folks that I worked with, and, and uh, Scott Micklin and, and Shantae Wolf. Um, Scott and I worked you know, news together. Shantae and I worked news together, and then we also had a real estate program together. And I'm just so excited for the shows that I'm going to be sharing with you um, that I did with them. And uh, we have so many amazing memories um, working together. I mean, you know, obviously Scott was uh, kind of a mentor of mine because 
you know, he was there the entire time that I was working news. And even when I went to Roswell, Scott was still in Farmington and, and, you know, helped me out a lot with the, um, with the job of being a news director and, and, and running a station. And, and it was just, it was really, it was really cool, um, having him around and, and learning from him. And then Shantae and I, I mean, I don't think two people could be more like a brother and sister, you know, in every aspect of the word, as far as supporting each other, but also basically giving each other shit all the time. And so, um, really excited to share those shows with you. And I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I think you're going to get a lot of laughs out of that. We had a lot of fun recording those things. And so, um, that's going to be a blast. And so I'm excited to share that with you. Um, so the last time we did this, I had shared with you, uh, my experience working with, with Val Kilmer and, and, um, doing the voiceover for American meth and, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, from that point, things, you know, my career, my life in general really, really took a turn. And so that was done in, I think, 2007, the film came out around 2008. And, um, you know, it was at that point, I'm 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 starting to think. Okay, I have to have a different perspective on what I'm going to be doing for my career, um, because now I I now see what kind of things are possible. Um, you know that really opened my eyes. I I'd never done a film festival before, and here we are being invited to you know lots and lots of film festivals. And I'll tell you, I, I learned a valuable lesson too through a film festival in regards to. Uh, really editing and, and, and finalizing a film. Um, very cool story. Uh, I had submitted American, I had submitted American Meth to a film festival called the um, Cinema City Film Festival, which was held at Universal City. And uh, um, the uh, festival was run by a, a super, super sweet lady by the name of um, Suzanne De Laurentiis. Now, any of you that know movies might, know the De Laurentiis family. Um, if you, if you look up Dino De Laurentiis, I mean, this guy worked on tons of stuff. Um, huge movies, huge movies. And Dino was her father and their entire family is, is, you know, a big movie family. But Suzanne created this film festival at uh, Universal City. And I was really excited about it because, you know, like I said, I'd never really done the film festival thing. And this was one of the first ones. And so I sent it to her and, you know, I'd spent a year and a half working on that film. And, and granted, you have to keep in mind, this entire process was new to me. The, you know, having that much material to go through, trying to put together, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to, at that point, I'm used to doing news stories that are two to three minutes long. And here we are looking at a feature length film. And so, uh, you know, hundreds of hours of footage and um, trying to take, all of that material and, and, and shape it into a story. Um, and, uh, so by the time I had finished editing, um, I had taken, you know, like all this footage and turned it into an, I think an 86 minute movie hour and 26 minutes. And so I submitted it to Suzanne and, and the cinema city film festival. And she contacted me and she said, Hey, we, we think you've done a really good film, but, we need you to cut 10 minutes out of it if you want to be in our festival. And my first thought was, are you batshit crazy woman? Do you know how long it took me to get it down to 86 minutes and all the stuff I had to do? 
That was my first thought. And but my reaction to her was, okay, no problem. <laughs> and then, you know, then I got to start figuring out how am I going to cut out 11 minutes when there's, you know, I doubt I could cut out 30 seconds. But I did. I went in and I start you start looking and you start realizing all the ums and, you know, ahs and pauses and, you know, is that word necessary? Are those last few words necessary? Is that particular pause necessary? And what you learn is, is you, as a filmmaker, you can become extremely attached to certain things, um, emotionally attached to a particular shot or the way somebody says something. I might, it might even be just the way they say it. Like, oh, you know, I love the way they say that. Or um, it's so cool, you know, that they, that they, that they said it that way. Or, um, you know, if, if we stay here, watch, you can see a tear fall down their face. You really have to stop and ask yourself, does this move does this move the, the, the story forward? Does this progress the movie? Um, does this is it necessary? Is it pertinent? And when you really start looking at a film like that, uh, you start realizing there's a lot of fat that you can still trim off of things. And so uh, that was an extremely important lesson that I learned about editing is you have got to you have got to emotionally detach from certain things just because you like them. You have to look at the story as a whole in the audience. Does this matter to them? Does this slow the story down? And that was another big th- lesson that I learned is um, not only do you need to keep it moving, but it's very possible for you to slow it down by by the you know having the wrong thing in or having too much of something and that's the last thing you want you don't want to slow your movie down you want it to keep moving and you want it to feel like you know you want people to walk out of a of a movie and say wow that that was 90 minutes that didn't seem like 90 minutes at all um and you know I've learned that over editing five feature length films um, now, the one thing that is interesting about American Meth is it's the shortest film that I've done because I did get it down to 75 minutes, but it feels the longest, and I think it feels the longest because of the, the heft of the, of the content. Um, it's an emotionally draining film. I mean, it's, it's, it's valuable and it's educational, and, and there's, you know, there's a good feeling to it at the end, but it is an, it's an emotionally draining film, so you watch it and you're like, wow, I mean, it's just... It's it's a heavy movie, but I, I I got it down to 75 minutes. Now you have to imagine, you know, at this point I'm still from I hadn't traveled much out of Farmington. Uh, I mean, let me rephrase that. I moved a lot when I was a kid, but like career wise, you know, I it's not like I was doing what I do now, which is traveling all like all over the place all the time. And so I'm still kind of you know in Farmington and and. Uh, I send this movie out there and we get in to the festival and she invites us to come out to the festival. So I head out there and I, I, uh, I meet up with a couple of buddies of mine from Phoenix and they're going to hang with me for these three days that we're at this festival and it's at Universal City and, you know, it was just cool. It was just cool for a small town guy to, to be at Universal City and, you know, you're walking around and there's these, you know, TV stars having coffee at Starbucks and there's, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And, you know, posters of your movie sitting up everywhere. And, um, so we, uh, we have our screening and it's, you know, there's a red carpet thing. 
Um, and so you, you know, you walk the red carpet and there's all, you know, there's probably 20 or 30 people with, with cameras, you know, flashing and they're like, Justin over here, over here, Justin, Justin over here, Justin. And it's just, it's, it's wild, man. It's really wild. And so we did the red carpet thing. We went in, we did the screening. Um, it went really, really well. Got some fantastic questions from the audience. Um, and, uh, and you know, that was it. And I, I was just, I was so excited about that and we had a, a wonderful time. And then comes the award, the award gala. That was also fun because, you know, we have to dress up and, and, you know, we rented tuxes and stuff and, and, um, it was, uh, it was super cool going to that thing. Cause there was a lot of stars there. So me and Tyson and Jerome, we've, we've got our tuxedos on and we go to this thing. And the first thing I saw when we walked into this, um, like awards, so the the obviously the awards thing is in like a banquet room. But when we first walked into the foyer, the the lobby there, the first thing I saw was an American Meth poster on a poster board and an easel going into the doorway. Now, having you know had lots of those experiences over the past uh, well, let's see, ten or eleven years now, I know what that means. But at the time, I didn't, and I just thought, wow, that's super cool. They're using, they must really like the artwork. So they're using our poster. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, very easy to please. I'm an easy to please guy. But, uh, you know, we're we're standing in the lobby and like um, I'm trying to think of the, the stars and stuff that we that we met. But like Alan Tudyk was there and I'm trying to Alan Tudyk is uh, he was in Dodgeball, uh, Steve, the pirate. He was in Hearts in Atlantis. He's in uh, um, Knocked Up. I think he was. The, the girl's boss. I mean, Alan Tudyk is in a lot of stuff. He's in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is one of the best, <laughs> the best comedic horror films ever. If you ever get a chance to watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil, you have to. It's so, so damn funny. Um, but uh, Alan Tudyk was there. Uh, one of the one of the cast members from Entourage, and that's when Entourage was huge, a huge show. One of the cast members from Entourage was there. Um, David Keith was there. Um, he's the, he's the, the, uh, gentleman. Oh man. He's in, uh, nice guys. He's the, uh, kind of the, 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 uh, black ruffian guy on nice guys. He's in platoon. He's in, he's the voice of the cat in Coraline. He is in, I mean, he's in all kinds of stuff. He was there. Um, oh, um, uh, what does that guy's name? Um, Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis was there. Paul Haggis was the writer of the movie Crash, which had just like just won the Academy Award. He was there. Um, it was really cool. That's all. Uh, there was just tons of stars. Ed McMahon. Yeah, Johnny Carson's Ed McMahon. He was there. So, anyways, we sit down and and they start going through the awards thing, and it's you know they did a really good job. I mean, it was really well done, and um, you know, it's just so glamorous and stuff, and the food was amazing and. Uh, you know, I was in shock, basically. I was just kind of like a, you know, uh, starry-eyed kid just looking around. And, and uh, then Ed McMahon gets up there, and he starts talking about the importance of documentaries and how valuable they are and, you know, why we need to keep making good documentaries and, and what a good documentary can do. And and it was, you know, I'm just sitting there kind of zoned out because I just can't believe I'm watching Ed McMahon, you know, 10 feet in front of me talking. And... 
And then uh, they start talking about, you know, the, the, the great documentaries they had at the Cinema City Film Festival and, and how proud they were of the selection they had. Uh, and then he said, and so um, I'm here to give away the award for best documentary. And he gets his little envelope by the, you know, the cute little tiny girl in a super like slinky, like tight dress comes up and gives him the little ballot thing like you would expect. And uh, sure enough, he says, and the winner for this year's best documentary award is American Meth, and the whole place went crazy, and I'm, I could not believe it. I was like, I it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, and that was the first one that I ever won, and it was so fun. Go up, get there, shake Ed McMahon's hand, you know, look down, you see all these movie stars and stuff. Um, uh, Ed, uh, Ed, oh God, Ed, uh, uh, Ed Grim, Ed, shit, I can't remember his name. He's from Die Hard. Die Hard and all kinds of other, not Die Hard, Death Wish. Ed, I'll think of his name. I'll remind you on another show. But he was there. And so afterwards, like all these guys, all these like stars were coming up to me and congratulating me and say, you know, that was awesome. That was so fun. And, and Tyson and Jerome and I had the best time. And that was just a, a fantastic experience. And, you know, American Meth went on to win, I think, 12 or 13 film festivals all over the place. And, and it, it was just I mean, you talk about culture shock because I, you know, up until that point, I was just I was content doing videos and weddings and sports stuff in Farmington and doing commercials and some oil and gas stuff, doing all of those things. And then that really just gave me some perspective on what was possible. And I think it was kind of around that point that I really made the the subconscious decision that um, I'm not you can't take no for an answer on anything because you can do you can accomplish just about anything you set out to do. I, you know, I think that seed had been planted quite some time ago when I when I played football for Mason. I didn't think that I could, um, but this really galvanized that for me. The, you know, not only getting the film done and getting Val Kilmer involved, but then, then being invited to these festivals and then you know winning them. I just. I, my confidence level took a huge boost in, in what was possible. And so um, that was just such a great experience. And um, like I said, we, we went on to win. Um, we won festivals in uh, Montana. We won festivals in New Mexico. We won festivals in Louisiana. I mean, American Meth just, uh, we won festivals in Germany with that thing. It just, it did really well. And it was, it was just such a fun experience. And, uh, as that was wrapping up, you know, or I kind of, kind of during the time that we're doing these festivals and stuff, you know, the thought starts creeping in. Well, what are you going to do next? What what topic are you going to take on next? What film are you going to do next? Do you want to do another film? Do you how how is that going to work? So that's that's when I really started thinking about okay, how am I going to follow this up? Because to me, I, there's just I, it didn't get any bigger. I didn't know how I could do much more. Um, uh, I quickly learned that I could. And so um, at that particular time, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of plant the seed for this story and tell you about the making of Absent and what Absent was all about for me. Um, but I'm going to plant the seed now, but we're going to, we're going to have to take a, a, a break for a few weeks as I, as I share these, these shows with Shantae and Scott with you, and then we'll come back after that and get back into the absent story. But I at least want to plant the seed with you of, of, 
you know, how Absent came about and how that process started. Um, but uh, at that particular time, um, we're talking about 2008. Uh, I had been divorced for a couple of years, two or three years, and was raising um, Lance and Abby by myself. Um, and so I was learning a lot about the importance of fatherhood, about, you know, what my little boy needed versus what my little girl needed. And, and, you know, just really starting to understand some differences there and how valuable that, that role was. Also at the same time, I was surrounded by some really amazing guys. Um, you know, Mark Garcia, Pat, uh, Pete Kettler, um, David Saliba, Steve Liparato, um, some just just fantastic men that were that were mentoring me and coaching me up on how to be a good a good man and a good father. And also at that time, I was reading a book and and kind of going through this this curriculum thing called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, which was very popular um, at that particular time. And so all of these things were kind of stirring in my heart and in my mind and in my soul about okay what what's important here? What's going on in your life? And, you know, I'm a God guy. Um, and I really believe God was working in me on that. Um, and so Val Kilmer had invited, uh, a friend of mine, Mark Garcia, one of those, one of those men, he invited Mark and I to go, uh, fly fishing on his ranch down by, down by Santa Fe, outside of Santa Fe. So Mark and I, Mark and I went fishing that day and, and, uh, um, had a good time, and and we were driving driving back home to the Farmington area from the Santa Fe area, and just talking about stuff. And I don't know what it was that that put this in my mind, but I just had this I just had this vision, and it was it was basically an edit. I had this edit pop into my mind uh, of uh, picturing Johnny Tapia, who is a world champion boxer. Um, and we did a show with his widow Teresa Tapia. It's one. Of, it's the first. It's the first interview show that we did, which is now available on iTunes. Look for Teresa Tapia. But uh, I just had this edit idea with Johnny Tapia, you know, fighting, 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 and then talking about not having his dad, and he didn't. He didn't have a father. And by the way, when we get to this part of that story, when I share with you something unbelievable happened with Johnny Tapia right about the time Absent came out. So we'll talk about that uh, a few episodes down the road. But driving down, driving home with Mark Garcia, thinking about this Johnny Tapia thing, this edit. And it was just, it was at that moment that I decided, and this was in 2008, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a documentary on fatherhood. Um, and that was where the seed for Absent was planted, was on that drive home from Val Kilmer's place. And, you know, the thing about me is I, I'll put a lot of thought into which way I want to go. But once I decide, that's it. When, when, I, when I commit and I say that's what we're going to do, that's what we're going to do. And I'm not stopping until it's done. And so that's, that's where Absent came from. That's where I decided to do the show uh, or the film. And... That was quite a journey, and I cannot, I can't wait to come back on the other side of these shows with Shantae and Scott and and share that absent journey with you because there are, oh my goodness, there are a ton of amazing stories that we're going to be talking about with absent, and so I'm really looking forward to um, to doing that. So, 
we'll get back into that. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up of what's coming up. Um, so over the next few weeks, I'm not sure how many it'll be. I'll probably do, uh, I'll probably cut those into a couple of shows each for Shantae and Scott. But when we come back on the other side of those, we'll get back into absent. But um, coming over, coming up over the next three or four weeks, it's just going to be so fun. You guys are going to love, love, love these shows. Um, so just great memories with these with these folks and and um, some good laughs. So you're really going to enjoy that. You're going to want to make sure and join us on Mondays. Um, yes, I will be posting a show on Christmas. Um, you don't obviously, you know, you're going to be busy, but it'll be there uh, when you're done. So the Monday show um, is gonna is still gonna be there on Christmas. Uh, coming up this Friday on the Road Show is such a it's such a <laughs> it's such a fun little show. I um, I have some friends Jeff and Stephanie uh, Hardesty, and together of course they're Jeffany, and we did a just a fun show called uh, Dinner and a Movie with Jeffany. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be posting this Friday on the Juhu Roadshow. And we talk about some, uh, some of their favorite and my favorite, uh, holiday dishes for Christmas. Uh, they're, they're all three of us just love to cook. And so we're going to be talking about that. And then we talk about, uh, Christmas movies, some of our favorites. And then we go down the list of, uh, Rotten Tomatoes top 25 Christmas movies and, and share some thoughts on that. And it's just a fun, it's just a fun, uh, holiday show. So we're, we're going to be doing that this Friday. So make sure and join us for that, uh, on the Juhu road show on Friday. Um, listen, everyone, if, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, I'd love for you to rate and review it. Um, that's very, that's very important for us and helping us to get sponsors for the show and for getting it out, um, more exposure so people can, can, uh, listen to it and enjoy it. So, um, Please do that if you if you listen and you enjoy it. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or Android or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn or wherever you're listening. Please rate and review the show. Also, if you do want to support the show, um, we've got some awesome swag for you. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash juhu. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash j-u-h-u. And we've got a couple of fun little levels of support there. You can do a dollar if you want. You can do a hundred dollars if you want, but... If you do $5 or more, we're going to send you a, a bumper sticker. And I think that level is called Stuck on Juhu, um, that sponsorship level. And then uh, if you want to support the show for $20 a month or more, we're going to send you a bumper sticker and a T-shirt, a Juhu Roadshow T-shirt. That's the support your support level of sponsorship. Yeah, I come up with these stupid-ass names. That's me. But uh, we'd love to have your support there. Um, be sure to follow us on um, Instagram. The Juhu Roadshow. We all have also have a Facebook page, uh, and that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the Juhu Roadshow. Um, if we don't catch you next week, everybody have a fantastic holiday. Um, Merry Christmas to all of you. Um, be safe out there this week while you're doing your last minute shopping and grabbing eggnog and whatnot. Please be careful, and uh, yeah, have a very 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 Merry Christmas. Uh, love and appreciate every one of you. And we will talk to you next week on Christmas morning on the Juhu Roadshow. Take care, everybody, and have an awesome day. <laughs>